Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning. Looking forward to our conversation today with Janine Smith, the Associate Director and Jody's Race Director of the Colorado Ovarian Cancer Alliance. Good morning, Janine. Good morning. How are you this morning, Melissa? I am doing well. Well, let's talk a little bit about ovarian cancer. What Mm -hmm. is the most important thing that women need to know about ovarian cancer? Well, the very most important thing is that ovarian cancer has no test. There is no test for it. When you go to your doctor and get your annual exam and get a pap smear, that is not testing for ovarian cancer. It's testing for cervical cancer only. So knowing your body, paying attention to symptoms and any feelings of dis-ease is what's really, really critical. It is scary to think that there is no test for it. How do women know then when something's going wrong and that maybe they need to go talk to their doctor about ovarian cancer? What are some of those symptoms? Yeah, well, that's and here's the important part, and we want every woman to really keep these uh, primary symptoms in mind. And there are things, I'm going to preface this by saying, there are things that might be happening to all of us as we get a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And we might say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll probably feel better. I'll wait. We don't want to put these things on a back burner. You want to put it on the front burner, turn up the heat. But the, the primary symptoms are things like bloating, abdominal pressure or pain. Maybe you're feeling more full when you're eating a meal. You're noticing you're not eating as much. Uh, or you're just not finishing a meal, mm-hmm. and then urinary urgency and frequency. Okay. So you're going to the bathroom a little more frequently. Um, so that those are really the four most common symptoms that are experienced by 90% of women who are diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And you're so right. So many women may be like, oh, it's just I'm, I've got a sensitive stomach. I'm getting older mm-hmm. when I eat. I mean, there are so many different things as you're describing those symptoms that I can think, man, I've felt those before, too, with different things. Yes, exactly. And the key to this, too, is go ahead and notice those symptoms, but maybe make a little note to yourself. Like, You know, today, like it's Sunday, I don't feel so good. I feel a little bloated. Maybe it's all that bread I had at dinner last night. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to make a note of it. If you're noticing that those symptoms are kind of persistent so that you're experiencing them for more than two weeks in any given month, that's when you go to a gynecologist is the preferable avenue Mm -hmm. to go to your doctor and say, I'm having this persistent symptom, and I'd really like to rule out ovarian cancer. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, I just told you there's no test for ovarian cancer. Right, right. How do we rule that out? But what the doctor can do is, first of all, going to ask you about your family history. If there's a family history of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, in some cases uterine cancer, that might be an indicator that, Mm, we should look a little deeper right? because there may be a family history that is predisposing you to ovarian cancer. Okay. But then they can also do a blood test called a CA-125. It's not a really accurate test, but it's just one way to help, help the doctor determine what, what might be happening with you. But the most important thing is that they will do a pelvic exam and feel around and see if there's any thickening of the pelvic wall or if they feel any masses in your belly. And if the doctor thinks it's warranted, they'll send you for a pelvic ultrasound, okay. or what they call a transvaginal ultrasound. Mm-hmm. So they can get in there and take a little closer look at what might be going on. 
Um, the goal with this, Melissa, is for us to catch ovarian cancer early. It is often um, found in stages three and four when it's often too late or it's difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. I am lucky in that I am a 22-year ovarian cancer survivor myself, and I was diagnosed at stage two. Okay. So my chance of surviving more than five years was much greater than if it had been found at a later stage. Sure. And that's what we want. We want women to find this cancer when it's in stage one or two. Um, you have an operation to remove the cancer, get chemotherapy, and then go on to live your best life. That's what we want. And so that's why we're trying very hard to raise awareness about the disease, particularly in September, mm-hmm. which is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. Right. A big month and a big awareness to get out there for women, because I think it is scary as a woman to think, wow, there is no test. I have to be the mm-hmm. one to say something doesn't feel right and to go right. in. Now, when you talked about that, um, the transvaginal ultrasound, when they're looking mm-hmm. at the ovaries, can they then tell that something's not right? Often they can. What the, what that will do is help them basically see if there's any abnormal growths on the ovary or, and here's a piece of interesting information, if there's something going on with the fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. They've discovered in the last several years that it's actually the fallopian tubes that seem to get the cancer first and then it affects the ovaries. And so they'll take a look to see if anything looks abnormal. For instance, for me, they found a mass that was about the size of a small basketball. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I'll never forget sitting in that test and they were holding my hand and asking me if I'm okay. I'm like, I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) I didn't know that I had a mass the size of a basketball. And this is a very common story. Women's bodies are built to carry babies. Right. So, you know, it's sort of a it's it's just your body adapts and you might feel bloated, you might think you've gained weight, but it could be ovarian cancer. And um, so, you know, rule it out with these tests and by talking to your doctor. So that's that's what we're aiming for. It's interesting you bring up the fallopian tubes because I was talking to my OBGYN and she said even when they do a hysterectomy and they decide to leave the ovaries, they take the fallopian tubes because of what you just said. That's exactly right. Yeah. And... Um, that's a really wonderful, and just a side note on my story, I had actually had a hysterectomy when I was 35, and then I developed ovarian cancer when I was 41 because they left my ovaries because they were healthy and pink, and then they decided to turn on me. So just even if you've had a hysterectomy, and I will say even if you've had a hysterectomy and they've removed your fallopian tubes and your ovaries, there is still a possibility you can develop cancer in the peritoneal cavity of your body. So it it acts very much like ovarian cancer. So the bottom line that we want to get across to women is that any feeling of dis-ease below the belt uh, and any of these symptoms um, are are something that should cause you to go to the doctor and get, uh, get any gynecologic cancer ruled out. Because I'll mention, there's also no test for uterine or uterine cancer either. I will say one thing I want to mention, Melissa, is that ovarian cancer is not a common cancer. Mm -hmm. It affects only 330 Colorado women a year, but 220 of them will die. So the mortality rate is terribly high. And we just want to see that mortality rate go down and women get diagnosed early. 
um, because it is a very difficult disease to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's new treatments um, all the time, and we never, ever think of a woman as a statistic. And I think your message about women who've had hysterectomies and still have their ovaries or maybe ovaries and fallopian tubes, I think that is a huge mm-hmm. message that probably a lot wow. of women don't realize. They don't. And, you know, I'll also say one thing. We do a lot of health fairs when, they're, when we're able to do them. Right. Thank you, pandemic. We're going to get back to that soon, I hope, uh, to do be doing some health fairs. But one thing, common misnomer, when people come to our table at a health fair, they'll say, oh, well, I'm too old for ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. My ovaries are dried up. Oh, no. Your chances of getting ovarian cancer increase the older you get. And so that is really important for everyone to know. And a lot of people also think that ovarian cancer is an old woman's disease. It is not. I was 41. I know women in their 20s and 30s who've developed ovarian cancer. And another risk factor that I want to mention, besides having a personal family history of breast, colon, or ovarian cancer, is if you have never been pregnant, that is that increases your risk of ovarian cancer. Is that I right? Never, yeah, I had never had children, and I was not using birth control. And both of those things will lower your risk. If you've had children and or if you use birth control, that lowers your risk of ovarian cancer. What is the average age? Do you know of a woman who's diagnosed mm-hmm. with ovarian cancer? Yeah, uh, the average age is about 55. And so it's, you know, you. but that, of course, means that there's a range quite sure. below that and quite ahead of, uh, you know, beyond that. But 55 is the median age for women who are diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And you said most are when they're diagnosed are stage three or four, correct? Correct. That's correct. Actually, stage three is the most common, but many women are diagnosed at stage four. But I will say that uh, the new treatments that are coming in and the you know, wonderful work being done by gynecologic oncologists mm-hmm. who are specialists in gynecology, in, in gynecologic cancers. Um, they are doing a beautiful job at, you know, not only doing surgeries, often laparoscopically, which is amazing mm-hmm. that they're not, you know, doing a major, there's still a major surgery, but then also prescribing the exact you know, the right kind of chemotherapy for that individual. And there are new drugs on the horizon that um, are very promising and some other drugs that are being used as a maintenance therapy that help women live a longer, more, you know, more disease, we call it disease-free progression life. So tell me, with the Colorado Ovarian Cancer Alliance, tell me about some of the programs that you have that women can access if they do get diagnosed with this disease. Absolutely. Well, we, we started as a very small nonprofit in 2005, and the only program we had was one support group. And we have now grown to six statewide support groups. They're all being held virtually now, so anybody from anywhere in the state can participate. And uh, we have also started a new uterine cancer support group, which we're very excited about because we really want to help those women as well. And we have developed also individual support program. If someone's diagnosed with ovarian cancer, they can reach a counselor and have four free sessions with that counselor. Being diagnosed with cancer is really, you know, it's a very 
traumatic experience mm-hmm. and then having to go through an, a, you know, treatment and surgery and all the worries associated with that uh, can really take a toll on your emotional health. And so we provide individual support programs as well. We also have financial assistance for women throughout the state who are diagnosed and in treatment mm-hmm. with ov- for ovarian cancer and a wonderful program called Carol's Wish, where we have financial navigators who are trained to try to help women optimize their insurance and to lower the financial toxicity of being diagnosed with cancer. Um, We have awareness programs as well. We have a mentor program as well. Uh, We've really expanded our services, and I'm very proud to say that our organization offers more support and financial, emotional and financial support programs than any other nonprofit that I'm aware of. And we're very, very proud of that. We're here for them. We don't want women to feel like they're in this alone. I think you should be proud of that. That's incredible. So all of these great programs are out there. Once again, I'm talking with Janine Smith of the Colorado Ovarian Cancer Alliance. So a woman gets diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, What does that treatment process look like? Typically, a woman will um, receive surgery, and it's called a debulking surgery, because ovarian cancer often metastasizes these these little tiny cells of cancer that look like little pieces of rice can spread throughout her abdominal cavity. So it's difficult to find. That's why we have specialized surgeons doing that surgery. And that's often a very lengthy surgery. They'll go in and remove the cancer. And then there are two primary chemotherapies that are are given to a woman, Taxol and Carboplatin. And it's, I'm not going to lie to you, it is a tough chemotherapy to go through, but it's got to be tough to beat this disease because mm-hmm. it can be very insidious. Um, if a woman is diagnosed later, sometimes they'll do the chemotherapy and then the surgery and then follow up with more chemotherapy. So we know that that process of being diagnosed uh, is traumatic enough, and then you have to go through surgery right. and chemotherapy and then often a maintenance therapy or mm-hmm. maybe sometimes a, uh, you know, a follow-up therapy because recurrence of ovarian cancer is rather high. Well, in our final seconds okay. here, Janine, uh, for folks that want to reach out and either support you or need your support, what do they need to do? Where do they go? They can give us a call um, at 303-506-7014. And our website has a wealth of information, including an online resource guide that we've gathered but you can visit us at colo-ovariancancer.org. All right. Janine Smith, Associate Director and Jody's Race Director of the Colorado Ovarian Cancer Alliance. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Melissa. Take care. Thank you, Janine. You too. I'm Melissa Moore. It's Mile High Magazine. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday. Go out, have a blessed day, and be kind to everyone.